What's the crack? This is the Irish Voice podcast and this evening we're going to do something different. We're going to have a half-time analysis of Manchester United's game in the Champions League. I'm joined by Jacqueline McGuinness and Kieran McElindon, Kieran's first time on. So, nowhere else really to start. What did you think of that? Jacqueline, what do you think? It's, it was pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Yeah. Same old, same old. From the same old players. Kieran, do you think it's the manager or the players? Don't I think and there's a lot of players there that I used to say in the earlier that still should not be there and not starting. Yes, there's a few players there this season, the likes of Maguire. He's played two brilliant matches, model of match performances. And I think they look a bit like they did last or last year, they weren't doing a lot of running. Yeah, they're pedestrian at the minute. I, I think, think they're ecstatic, like, like where all three of us will agree. They're not doing very much Effort. Yeah, I think the players are part of it, I do, but I do think if you look at the Manchester United team tonight and you look at the Copenhagen team, there's absolutely no excuse for going in at half-time that poor. Manchester United have a much better squad and that's the reason I asked the question because I'm putting the blame now. My focus is starting to shift more towards our manager, Eric Ten Hag. Do you think Eric Ten Hag is the right man for the job? Yes, I do. I and I think there, there is extenuating circumstances to his selection. But his selection tonight of the players that he has available should be Copenhagen. Well, yeah, I agree. But, uh, yeah, I, well, I do agree, but I don't agree with his selection tonight. No. Definitely not. Who would you have changed? Kieran, who would you have picked? Well, I was saying earlier on that I would called predicted the whole lineup apart from Scotland Colony. Because I think Copenhagen, as you said earlier, are a present team. And... Scott goes absent in Benfica. You may as well play with one Benfica. I would argue, I'd say you're right, but I'd argue back and say Bruno Fernandes has been as ineffective as, yeah. as Scott yeah. McTominay. Bruno, I've yeah. said this now, this will be the third time I'm saying this. He looks lost. It yeah. doesn't suit him. Oh. It really doesn't. He's going about the pitch, trying to play his game, but his game is not suiting the team. I think the tactics are, we talked about this earlier, to play from the central defenders to try and put the ball into the likes of an Amrabat or a Bruno or a Scott McTominay. Yeah. If you have Harry Maguire and Raphael Varane and Bruno and Scott are running forwards every single time those mods are in possession and not looking for the ball, you can only hit Amrabat. And Amrabat is as deep as the centre-backs now. So fans are booing him off the pitch. You know, you, we can't get the game going. We can't find any sort of possession. But I look to the manager and turn around and say, you've obviously told him to do this. Do you not think so? Well, I know what Kieran said about Scott McTominay. But in the last five minutes, Scott McTominay was the only midfielder that went and actually got the ball off the defenders to play the ball forward. Mm-hmm. And our midfield don't do that often enough. No. We let our defenders amble out to the, the halfway line, looking for a pass, instead of the like of Amrabat, who excelled in Fioratina doing that. And instead of our midfielders coming, looking for the ball, collecting the ball and progressing it forward. There's none of that. Yeah. I did see passes of play there where Amrabat is coming deep and is receiving the ball, but his only options to pass the ball once he turns and has a look are Raphael Varane and Maguire. Passing it back. back but out of necessity. Sideways. Long, long balls. Hopeful long balls. Back to Van Yalbo. Yeah, it's that's like exactly who it reminds me of. It reminds me of Louis Van Gaal. Yeah. See, that was the worst season I've ever 
experience as a Manchester United fan because it's boring but if you look at the foundation of Dutch football as a whole it is based on total football that Jordi Cruyff came up with yeah. now Jordi Cruyff came up with this formation where everyone free flows in and out of possession and you keep the ball and wait for the opposition to make mistakes you can't say that it doesn't work because there are teams that execute it brilliantly I would say Guardiola has a variation of total football on the go at the minute in every team that he has but to play that you need to free flow in position and look for the ball and our lads are front three at the minute tonight the two wide fellas are coming wide to receive the ball but they're receiving the ball in our half out in wide positions giving the ball back in centrally because there's no one ahead of them and it just we laughed and joked and said that Eric Ten Hag tactics are confusing for the sake of being confusing and it confuses us as a team I think that's on the pitch tonight it is but Scott McTominay no harm to him he's like a Swiss army knife he's a good weapon where, where is he good nowhere in the box well, no yeah but for the last 15 minutes if you're looking for a goal you shove the big man into the box and that's it yeah. there are a couple of I agree with Karen. there are a few players on that pitch tonight that are not good enough for what we are going for what we're aspiring to but not to sound like a broken record that's on the manager Mason Mount is fully fit and on the bench Hannibal Mebry is fully fit and on the bench now Scott McTominay has been scoring goals I understand the selection if he nicks a goal happy days it works but when you don't see him scoring a half of football and you look at his overall play not good enough so do you think he made a mistake there? I did you I said did. that Scott was the only one you didn't pick today I picked Mount in that, in that role what do you think Mount does that Scott doesn't? I think Mount has far superior technical ability now granted he badly needs a goal and we've said this every time we watch him play but since he's come back he's been one of the top two or three players in that team in my opinion playing his pressing is excellent pressing is brilliant he's good he can pass he can find a player he, can, he runs all over the pitch that's another thing I've been sitting watching today Erickson Hag built a foundation at Ajax of pressing football hurrying teams off the ball getting at them he beat some of the biggest teams in Europe in that Champions League run by doing that I watched Manchester United pressing the ball tonight and it's just not there no so do you think that's on the players or has his tactics shifted is he asking the United players to not press the defence they press the ball in certain phases when it comes into the midfield they swarm but when it comes to their defenders and their goalkeeper they're happy enough to let them have it yeah as I said they are during that first half the only player I can see that actually gives a crack is Hoyland yeah and pressing and in terms of pressing making an effort to get the ball and Scotland that last but 10 minutes I'm going to come back to your point Rory about the pressing our pressing is not consistent no we will press for our individual individual players will press now you've seen when um, Marcus Rashford pressed the goalie that time the goalie just kicked it you know into mm. touch but we're not consistent with our pressing mm. Jurgen Klopp when he took over Liverpool and we all said it that he that cannot be sustained that type of play cannot but he worked on it and worked and he got the personnel in that played that gig and press and, yeah. and that's what said he got the personnel in that could play his system and he stuck with it yeah but and he rooted players out that couldn't that didn't fit that system but Manchester United aren't trying to do that I don't know what Manchester United are trying to do we're a mashup at the minute we've got players who think they're playing counter-attacking football and we've other players who are trying possession possession based football and it's just not gelling. But to my original point, I blame the manager now. It's not just the manager, Rory, it's down to players as well. 
I tell you what I'm blaming the manager on. Now, we, we all sat, three of us sat, and we watched the previous game. The tactics in Manchester United at the minute when they're in control of the ball seem to be that you feed the ball into the centre-backs and you build from the back. The building from the back as we all hear in the modern game. Fair enough, right? But none of our midfielders show for the ball. Our forward line show for the ball out on very, very wide positions where they're going to go absolutely nowhere with it. And none of our players can break the line in terms of a run forwards or a pass through the lines to make those players, right? Yep. Now, Erickson Hag has watched that in the start of the season. Why is he not changing it? Good question. Yeah, why why are we seeing it consistently, game on game, the same style of play, failing without seeing any improvements? Is he convinced that it's the players and that this will succeed when the players come back? Or is this just not good enough? Because I tell you, I'm starting to get really annoyed and thinking it is simply not good enough and he might not be the man for the job. I think thinking, what we were all saying last season, oh, he's the, he's the man, he's the base, and he's, he's both, we're playing fast football, we're playing a tag called the Casper, unbelievable. Rashford, 30 goals, we're all in, in sync, we're all firing two Wembley finals, one cup, do you know, and then I think the wheels fell off whenever defend, key defenders and players got injured. Yeah. But I said to you today, year. Rory, that you know, Eric Ten Hag has come out in a couple of interviews and said, this from the horse's mouth, mm-hmm. that the players are not playing to instruction. Now that's not down to Eric Ten Hag and his coaching team. That's down to the individual players he's talking about or referring to. He didn't name them, but he has said it on a couple of occasions. They're not playing to instruction. I put this to the both of you. If Pep Guardiola had players in his team that weren't performing to instruction, would they be on the pitch? No, they'd no, be they not. Then why would our manager not do it? I, that's one of my bear bucks with Eric Tenag. If you're not, if you're not playing to his instruction, get off the pitch. Get somebody else on. Yeah, because I like Bruno Fernandes. I'm not digging Bruno Fernandes out. Bruno Fernandes is an exceptional footballer. He's on the verge of being a world-class talent, but he doesn't suit the system. Therefore, is detrimental to the overall play because he's in the system. I don't think Scott McTominay is playing well tonight. There's a few. There's nobody has really played well tonight. Anthony has looked great. But in this second half, in your opinion, what needs to change? Well, I think the midfield for a start needs to change. In terms of personnel or overall play, both. I would say I would. I would, I, would yeah, I, I love like I a big fan of Bruno Fernandes. I think we all are, but he just goes missing. And you know, find his position should be in the centre attacking midfield role. Yeah. How, how many times do you see that man back and left back? Yeah. Or back and right back and like, what are you doing on the end? Win the ball back and he's way back there and there's nobody to hit. Yeah. And you're saying. Oh, why can't the defenders or the midfielder or hit the attacking midfielders or the wingers? They're down trying to get the ball back. Yeah, I think in this system, United, it comes back to the point I made, you need to break the line to bring Bruno Fernandes into the game. If they cannot find Bruno Fernandes in the positions that he's occupying up there, then he's nullified and it doesn't work. So, I don't know what needs to happen with this Manchester United team because I am looking at as close to our first team as I have seen in a while. And it's still... It's nowhere near our first team, Rory. Nowhere near it. That backline is not but our first hold team. Hold on, we can't keep I, talking I you, about the backline. Sorry, when you say first team, I think, think you're collectively, right? Which is, you're talking about midfield. Who I would get on in midfield is Christian Eriksen. And I would put him on at half time, not waiting 60 or 65 or 70 minutes. I would get Christian Eriksen on in place of Scott McTominay. And I would throw the dice and take Bruno Fernandes off and put Mason Mount on. Yeah. Well, tonight, right, to make a massive difference to the football team, 
there's two players that are out Lissandro Martinez and Casemiro yeah Luke Shaw Luke Shaw made a massive difference on the left hand side I, no, Aaron Wan-Bissaka is a defender. Do you think I, that Aaron Wan-Bissaka... We're talking about... I, no, I put Aaron Wan-Bissaka over. No, but we're talking about the, the team. But you're talking about gameplay here, right? So I made this point the last time. Do you think that bringing Aaron Wan-Bissaka back and right back solves the, the passing deficiencies we're seeing tonight? No. Not no, at all. So no. that's a bit of a, a moot point, in my opinion. Aaron Wan-Bissaka doesn't count in the, Do you think Casemiro would solve that? Is Casemiro that much better than Amrabat? Oh, God, yes. Yes. So do you think Casemiro would be the upgrade needed to play the way that he wants to play? Because we've seen Cas from the start of the season and he's been shocking games. Oh, he has, yeah. Oh, but we, we, we've got Casemiro from last season. Um, you know, we, we have been shocking collectively collective from the start of yeah. the season. Yeah. And nobody, nobody can hold up their hands up and say, no. I've played well this season so far. What are you talking about? Yeah. Nobody's standing out this no, season. Nobody can say, come on, what are you doing? Yeah. It's, Fuck off. Do you know what we are? Where is a moments team. We have moments. Yeah. Individual moments. Yeah, we have moments of individual. I think, judging by what I'm saying here, you're going to get your wish. Looks like Christian Eriksen is one up. So, there's one. What is it about Christian Eriksen that makes you think he's going to change this game? Right. I think Christian Eriksen can see and play a pass. Christian Eriksen, you're talking about breaking the lines. He can do it. He's calm on the ball. So you think Eriksen's going to come deeper then in this half? So who who do you think's coming off? Scott McTominay has to be. Yeah, it's a, he's a one... No, Scott's not. I'm about. Tom? Oh, no, please tell me Scott. Tom is not <laughs> playing CDM. Listen, this is where we're going to take a break and then we'll be back at full time. It's either going to be a full-on meltdown... Probably. Or, probably. Yeah, or half-time analysis is going to strike a fight at all melodrama. But anyway, enjoy the rest of the game. Back soon. What's the crack? And we're back after what has been an exhausting 45 minutes of football... I'm drained. I'm mentally drained. <laughs> yeah, so, just, ha- so happy. I'm really, really happy. Do you know what? I think it couldn't have happened to two better players tonight. Yeah. I think they alluded to it in the commentary. We watched it obviously on TNT Sports and um, heard the commentary that was being given. Yes, they have been poor, but what a moment for Harry Maguire, first of all. Yeah. I think Harry has taken everything that he's gone through and been put through and all the criticism and shouldered it fantastically. If you take the player aside, you talk about the man... What a man. Harry Maguire has been very professional for a long, long time. For all the absolute vitriol that he has had thrown at him. Yes, he's made blunders. Big blunders. But some of it has been unjustified and some of it has been agenda-driven. The narrative around Harry Maguire has been so unbalanced for such a long time Harry Maguire, we've always said, is a good defender, but not good enough for Man United and not good enough for the system that um, Eric Ten Hag wants to play. But anybody who would buy Harry Maguire in the summer or in January is getting a very good defender and a very good character. Yeah, I think Harry Maguire, for me, I have championed Harry Maguire on, on this podcast. I've championed him every single time he said he starts over Victor Lindelof. Would you agree? I agree. They said himself during the battle, I think, without a doubt, last performance the last three games, he should have not been there uh, to be the third choice centre back at the club at the minute. Obviously, with Ferdinand Martinez out and Fran is coming back into fitness now, I think he's looked a wee, wee bit shaky around, I think, at times. I think you're, we, all, we all pointed it out yeah. a wee bit, but he's still that Rolls Royce 
the Thermi over the Deeds for Brown, still pure quality Champions League winner. Yeah. Um, Boston Maguire last two games, two, three games, third Beto. I think he just adds a certainty, Harry Maguire, the back that Victor Lindelof doesn't give me. I think when the ball comes into the box, you know that Maguire's there. Yeah. And when yeah. you're looking for someone to go into those physical battles, you want Maguire. He gives away free kicks at times. But I think, I mean, it's going to sound like such a yappy statement to make. I think the referee was very pertinent. I did not like some of the referees. Maybe, 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 maybe it's being biased because nothing went for us. We didn't, we didn't get that penalty on Rashford. I think it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would. Oh. He made your point for you at the end there, Harry, or Arson Hag, sorry, Harry Maguire. Um, we'll come back to Andrew and in a second. But he made your point at the end when I watched this post-match conference that the back line is unsettling the whole team. Yeah, because yeah. it starts with the back line. And that's the point I was trying to make. You, the way that Eric Ten Hag wants to play and possession-based football, it has to start with a back line. It has to start with a goalkeeper. So that transition starts with the back line. And that back line at the minute mm-hmm. is in disarray. Yeah, So therefore, there's the bigger onus on the midfield that can't cope with the workload that they are been put under at the minute. That's just my opinion. But my, that back line has been detrimental to us this season. Because it it's ever it's it's a fluctuating backline. There's nothing, there's no, there's no nailed on four, no. that bank of four. Do you know what I'm saying, Kieran? Yeah. And therefore, Andrew and Anna, of course, has struggled it's gonna because there's different personnel in a different in a in a, a new team, where, where he's trying to set that he's trying, trying to bed in. He can't play his game either, because Harry Maguire can't play out from the back. The way that um, I think we are really missing big time Lissandro Martinez. Yeah, he has a brilliant ability, Lissandro Martinez, to pick up the ball and run with it into the midfield. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing I picked up from this in post-match analysis there was he talked, like we talked at halftime, about breaking the lines and about being able to feed the passes into those players. And I think one of the players you have to highlight, you really have to highlight in that second half is Bruno Fernandes because Bruno Fernandes looked like a different animal. He took ownership of his own first half performance. He forced himself onto the ball. Do you not think Christian Eriksen added to that as well though? 110. I would be the first to throw my hands up and say, you mentioned Christian Eriksen coming on and I thought, what in the name of God? Why would you take Christian Eriksen into that game where they're being physical and take Sofian Amrabat off? But Christian Eriksen gave them an attacking element that I don't think they had in the first half. Because he can break the break line. The lines he can pass. break the line. I think they sacrificed massively their defensive output. It paid off, I think. It paid off. I think. I even I hold my hands up to her and I would say, I was in full ring with you. I was like, what the hell? Is yeah. It <laughs> was a moment like, of panic. <laughs> what is he doing? And I think the first five minutes came in that half game and you were thinking, oh my God, this is exactly what I didn't want. Copenhagen yeah, are yeah. all over us. And it just we had to go for it the second half. After that big we, save. We needed a win. Oh. After that save. Perfect segue into Andrew Nana. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. Andrew Nana, when Liger stepped up and he had walked through Scott McTominay and Christian Erickson, he set himself up. In my head, I went, go. This is going in. What a flipping save. What a brilliant, brilliant save that was. To throw himself across reactionally and palm it away is something I haven't seen from that lad. And I'm his biggest critic, but that was a brilliant save. That would bode well going forward. 
yeah. And Hopefully. it will bode well going forward for Harry Maguire as well. That man's confidence is sky high. At yeah, it, it would be. And you need a very confident Harry Maguire going into the derby. Roy Keane must be buzzing right now. Andrew and I was commenting about doing his job. Roy Keane must have looked at that and thought, yes, yeah. exactly what I'm going to say. He's listening to me. Yeah, <laughs> saves a penalty in the last second to save three points, but that's his job. That's what he's meant to do. Yeah, all that I watch is the overlap, though. He's not oblivious to the commentary that comes in around him. Look, it wasn't convincing. No, especially no. that first, first half. half no. That second half was, was entertaining, though. I agree. But, in my opinion, that Christian Eriksen made that difference. Does not, that... in, not in its entirety, but Christian Eriksen and Bruno Fernandes. Christian Eriksen, let's get this right. Christian Eriksen cannot play a 90-minute match. No. He cannot do that. does not play. Like so it, it's a bit like the Scott McTominay conundrum. What do you do with Scott McTominay until you sell him? Because everybody's bigging up Scott McTominay because he scored a couple of vital goals. He is not good enough for Man United, in my opinion. I tell you what is really evident in the Manchester United team at the minute. You played the game tonight and you had Sofian Amrabat holding midfield. Okay, it didn't work in the first half. I think Sofian Amrabat can be given a bye ball. He's brand new into the Premier League. Yeah. He's brand new into the Manchester United team. But you're playing with him with two players who, in my opinion, are tens. Bruno Fernandes and Scott McTominay. They're not central midfielders. They're not box-to-box midfielders. Nope. You lose a defensive output with them, lads, and they looked lost in the first half because Amrabat wasn't able to find them and they couldn't show off their attributes. But Scott McTominay is a very poor passer of the ball. If you're wanting possession-based football with interlinked and play, that's not Scott McTominay. Bruno can do it. Yeah. But as a 10. But he needs a partner in crime to do it as well. Yeah. He needs that one-two. He needs that bounce-off. And here's the question to you. Having seen what we've seen tonight in both halves, you are playing the best team in the world, in my opinion, now at the weekend on Sunday. Who are you going to play in midfield? Good, very, very good question. Who starts? i tell you mine first. I'll go with mine first. If Cass and Miro fully fit, you play Cass with Mason Mount and Bruno Fernandes in the same system that we've seen tonight. I'm not understanding, unless there's an injury that's not being disclosed, why Mason Mount isn't being brought into the team now. I think there has been... Mason Mount was bought with an injury. And yeah. I think his recovery... Yeah. And people... Say, you know, people, uh, players, right, can recover and then there's a breakdown in that recovery. Oh, yeah. So the, the club is not going to disclose that. We'll, we'll not know, you know, work that goes on behind the scenes and physios and, and management and that. But I think, I would go with you, Rory. I would go with Casemiro, Mount and Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, I would go similar myself. I would say if, if Casemiro, hopefully, um, is fully fit and after being on national duty and Michelle as well, he definitely has to be sitting there hoping that. Um, based on the second half performance of Bruno Fernandes, I would go, yes, definitely have Bruno. I think the manager's going to start him anyway. Yeah, 100 uh, You know, there's no point in. He either plays on the right wing, Kieran, or he plays in centre midfield. 
Yeah, but he's cool. coming. You know he's in the team. Yeah, he's yeah. He's near the He's not going to give his place away. Well, seems like it. He's not. And he doesn't deserve to in that second half performance. That thought he was brilliant. Wait a minute, boys. Based on Anthony's performance tonight, would you drop Anthony? And play? No. no, I no. thought Anthony was exceptional tonight. Nice. I was surprised Anthony. Yeah. Was yeah, he was brilliant defensively. He mocked in. He won the ball back on numerous times. His interceptions and his willingness to oh, fight for the ball, ball. but yeah. also his offensive output tonight was night and day away from what I've seen from Anthony yeah. in a long, long time. He actually went up people today. He went up people his interlinking play was brilliant and his wee jinx and link up plays in the box forward. Yeah. He, he didn't wait about waiting for the ball to come back him. he passed and he moved on forward yeah a few but do you not think he's built up a good partnership with Diogo Dallo so if you bring yeah. Aramon Pisaka back into the mix that's a wee bit lost Diogo Diogo Dallo is the literal definition of a footballing bomb scare <laughs> he really is when the ball yeah, comes to him when he's good he's very good when he's good going forward he's very good <laughs> But he overlaps well. He overlaps brilliantly. But what you're going to suffer in that is when you have, I think it was... Defensive was abilities. Yeah. It wasn't El Yunusi, he was in the right-hand side. It was Ochoi or... I'm going to murder the pronunciation of his last name, but you know who I'm talking about, Ochoi or Chori or something like that. He beat Dallo almost every time he went at him. Diogo Dallo gets lost in defending. And I think there was the point made when they had that chance where they put it in the box and Raphael Varane brilliantly deflected into the side net. And, and the commentator, I think it was Robbie Savage, turned around and said, where is Diogo Dallo? I don't even think Diogo Dallo knew where he was. Diogo Dallo had ventured forward doing the Diogo Dallo thing and then stopped for, I don't know, the opportune moment to take an Instagram photo. And then, you know, they get in behind him and he comes sauntering back and gives everybody a clap and gives everybody a cheer and that really positive attitude he has. And he's like, I just feel like someone needs to turn around and go, where the fuck were you? This is the left back beating two centre backs. Where you should have run back. Even when he is there, he's not there. He's, he's, j- he's jockeying. He's not putting the foot in. He's not trying to get close. He's just going side to side. Yeah. He's just like trying to, hopefully they'll run out of the ball here or they'll make a mistake. Or exactly. He's not being brave. He's, he doesn't have a tackle on him. It's like FIFA when one of my midfielders is yeah. back with the winger and I decide that I have to R1 this one because if I make a tackle, it's going to be a foul. I thought he was all right tonight. He's all right going forward all and right. he will garner a lot of respect and admiration for his ability. I thought he was okay defensively tonight as well. I don't rate no. him as a defender. I really don't rate him as a, 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 a top-class defender, but I thought he was okay tonight. I didn't. I never think he's okay as a defender, but I thought particularly tonight he was done by... A player that is not of the standard that he's going to face week on week in the Premier League. And I think, there, again, we all, I always say there has to be a bit of realism applied to Manchester United. I'm buzzing with that win. Buzzing. Three points in the Champions League. They're the Danish champions. They are not the quality you're going to face against the top 10 I I think say in the, the Premier League. Uh, the top 10 teams in the Premier League would be better than Copenhagen. I think we're all buzzing with the manner of the win. Yes. Yeah. I think it was because Harry Maguire was the match winner and... Andrew and Anna saved a penalty. I think when you're relying on Harry Maguire for your goal, that's worrying for me too. We are. It, 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 I agree with you, Kieran. So it is. And our forward, our forwards are have to be the most misfiring forward line in the Premier League. 100%. So here is a statistic from statistical analysis love from Footmob. Yes, Footmob is I love to use. I have one for you too, right? How many tackles did Diogo Dallo win tonight? Many tackles did he win? No idea. One. One. One tackle. One, one tackle. tackle. The whole game. But I bet you it was a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Oh. If we live in the football generation of YouTube, 
Diogo Dallo is going to have a cracking oh, video lining his up. His highlights today. are going to be epic. Yeah, some of his crossings brilliant. His goal at the weekend was brilliant, but he's not good enough to play right back for Manchester United. Oh, no, he's and not. no matter how Agreed. much of a relationship he's building up with Anthony, I really feel that that is a position that needs bought in either January or the summer. I'm a big fan of Aaron Wan-Bissaka defensively, yeah. but he has nothing going forward. But that's just it. If you could mould Diogo Dallo with Aaron Wan-Bissaka... You have the right. You have your perfect. You have the um, right, the right, right back. 110%. I mean, in a perfect world, I would. I would merge Marcus Rashford with Rasmus Hoyland and try and make Pele. But that's not football. <laughs> you know, you're not never going to get that. You have to accept. The big word there, Rory, was if. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think this is. Um, it's a, the reason I'm saying it, it's a common trope that we come up with as Manchester United fans. Like, oh my God, you know, we've got the perfect defender in Juan Mosaka and we've got the perfect hacker in Diago Dallo and horses for courses, we can play both those boys in games, mm. you know, and succeed. No. We can play those boys in perfect situations when you're facing Brentford, Sheffield United, uh, those sorts of things, Burnley and stuff like that. When you come up against City, when we come up against Munich, when we come up against teams who have the elite, the peak players, neither one of those lads is good enough because Aaron Wambasaka will save us defensively and give us nothing going forward. So we might not concede, but we're sacrificing our attacking output. And Diogo Dallo can give us the attacking output, but God forbid we isolate Diogo Dallo up against Luis Diaz, even Jeremy Doku that's signed from Manchester City. Martinelli, oh my God, he made a wee boy out of him. And... You can't have a player I starting in Manchester United that has those frailties. I know what you're saying, but I still think that our biggest problem in that team is our forward line and the lack of goals coming from our forward line. You look at you look at our goals Rashford has what, right? Has been Casemiro, um, Scott McTominay, and Harry Maguire. Says it all. Harry Maguire sums it up. Yeah, just sums it up. Very interesting thing I that I found in the Power League this season. So between Anthony Martial, our strikers, Rasmus Hoyland and Marcus Rashford, I've only scored one Premier League goal between them this season and they've played 20 hours and 20 minutes of Premier League football. That's 20 shocking. hours? 20 hours of football. That is one goal. One goal. In the Premier League. Do you know, we, we could sit here and we could say there's chances there, there's chances that haven't put away. But at what point do you turn around and say that's down to those lads for not putting those away? Yeah. Creating the chances, but you looked at it tonight, Kieran. Marks Rashford should have scored twice, possibly. Garnacho, Garnacho, should have scored last two games. Yeah, you know, and we all point on Rashford in the last couple of games where Rashford, Rashford of last year smashed them in. Yeah, now Marcus Rashford, there was two passes of play that I think Marcus Rashford was brilliant that tonight, and it was both where he went for the assist. Yeah. His ball into Rasmus Hoyland, the Hoyland couldn't control. And his ball to Bruno Fernandes was absolutely brilliant in that sweeping counter-attacking move. Yeah. But you have made the point consistently that Manchester United still look like a counter-attacking team, and I have to concede, when we have the ball, we struggle. When yeah. they try to bring it on to us, we excel. Yeah. When space opens up, we can still get in behind teams. But Against low blocks. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm buoyed a wee bit because I, I, I dug Eric Ten Hag out when we sat at half-time and I said to Eric Ten Hag the, the system isn't working, the tactics need to be better, there needs to be a better identity with Manchester United and he called it out in his post-match press conference. He said that, exactly your point again, 
they're unsettled by the back four and the changes that are happening to be made there. Yeah. And then I don't think he called Amrabat out, but he did reference Casemiro and say that Casemiro was the person in front of them. And I think that was to say, look, Amrabat's only in through the door here. We can't be blaming the blame on no. Sophie and Amrabat. It's a necessity that Amrabat is playing where he's playing tonight because I would like Casemiro to sit in front of that midfield and Amrabat to be further up. Because I think Amrabat's a very clean and tidy passer of the ball. Yeah. But he just got lost there this evening. He got lost on so, his own. Yeah, same with Casemiro over the season. When he's been left and he's always his legs have gone or you know he's not the player. He's too much to cover. He's too much to do by himself. Yeah. Um, again, again, I think it goes back. To but he's a better reader of the game. He's, yeah. But here's the contradiction then of everybody's want for the midfield on Sunday. Casemiro is fully fit, and we're wanting Mason Mount and Bruno Fernandez to play. Yes, but then we're saying that Casemiro can't do it on his own. But I feel like you're sacrificing the ball playing possession of the Manchester United team by not playing Mason Mount to have to have two holding midfielders. But is that the best way to play Manchester United at the minute? Is it Amrabat, Casemiro and Bruno? Or do we want one holding midfielder in Casemiro to play for Mount and Bruno? Well, here's a question I'm going to put to the two of you, right? Mm -hmm. Last season, we were pretty good. And we finished the top four. Casemiro... When we, right, we had uh, Varane and Martinez, mm -hmm. who pushed higher up and played the high, exactly. He was nearly like the midfield partner to Casemiro yeah. because he was that high up, because he had the legs the to go pass. back. Nobody could run in behind him, yeah. right? Not that, now, I am not, we all know that Harry Maguire has his limitations as a defender. He's excellent header of the ball. He's excellent if you are playing a, a counter-attack that he will have to defend deep. He's good at that, right? But that's where Casemiro is lost this yeah. season. He hasn't got that protection behind him. No. And he knows that. I think he knows. He's not just confident. That he has to sit. He has and he has to sit deep. I have to cover yeah. two, two more than my own job. Than they had that even more to worry with this season at the start of the season, I think, than they did last year. Possibly, but I would argue against that and say that Manchester United are that poor in the possession of the ball that that's what's causing the issue. Yes, you can turn around and say the defence is definitely unsettling the team and playing devil's advocate. Yes, I can see that point, but I still think United with the person that perhaps should play better. Do you think we controlled more games last year? Yeah, because our transition is much slower this year. Or this season, sorry. 110%. But you are talking about players of the ilk of Casemiro, Bruno Fernandes, Rasmus Hoivland, Marcus Rashford, Anthony. I mean, for some, for the money some of those people cost and for the ability that those players have, it should be better. Regardless of who is sitting behind them in defence, it should be better. Oh, yeah. now, they, tonight, they had Harry Maguire and Raphael Varane, two very good passers of the ball. I will take Erickson Hagg's point that there was no one in the first half to be able to break the lines and play the ball through the lines. But Christian Erickson, you are sacrificing a lot in defence playing Christian Erickson. Look, if you want to see my point, go back and watch what happened in the first five minutes of the second half. Oh, I hold on. I hold on. I played it right. Yep. There, there we go. Erickson McTominay. Where's your trip? Tracking your man back into the box. We've called a few times this season, especially with Galatasaray, I think a few times. Yes. Galatasaray was hypercritical of the, the midfield work and getting rolled in midfield and players not tracking the midfielders yeah. back. And their number Walsh 10. in the box. Yep, waltzed into the box. Free hit. Yeah. On goal. And Andrew Onana has made a few mistakes and stuff, um, but I have I've turned around and said, and yes, 
there's two sides of this as well, that he has faced too many shots and too many shots coming in at him in pace from outside that box. They're giving him the opportunity to make mistakes. Yeah. They aren't routine saves for a goalkeeper. They're saves created by a real lack of cohesion in the midfield. But how does he solve this? Because when he comes to the weekend and he plays Manchester City, you're talking about one of the hardest-running teams you're going to face in Europe. And a team that has... Oh, God... 11 players that can arrive in the box at any opportune moment mm-hmm. and he has Casemiro Amrabat and Mount at his disposal so if he doesn't get it right no, I think the first half he has to play Casemiro and Amrabat yeah. and Bruno Fernandes bring up Christian Eriksen can't play in 90 minutes not anymore right but if you want somebody and you can hold out for the first half against that team and Man City are missing some key players as well. Oh, they are. You know, and that's what I. I but think it doesn't we, affect we, we them in the same way it affects us. I think it does. I th- because we discussed this during the week that we, we. This is our opportunity. We we are going to meet Man City now a, a very opportune time, because they've been eking out results as well. Because Kevin De Bruyne is such an important player for them. They're missing Gundogan, and. They are. That that was their creative. That was their engine in midfield, right? So you hold out for the first half the way we did against that Copenhagen, and then you bring the like of a Christian Eriksen to come in and switch switch the play in the second half. I think Christian Eriksen definitely changed the game tonight. Only changed. I the worry game, um, about a Manchester United team that has to rely on Christian Eriksen to come in and change any game because I do not think Christian Eriksen's good enough to start for Manchester United. No, we're not saying he starts. No, I didn't I, say I, I, that. I, I said you said the way, the, the way we played tonight. Christian Eriksen come on at half time. Now no flapping about. No on the sixtieth minute or the sixty fifth minute. He came on at half time, and for me, he did change that game because Christian Eriksen can. Play a pa- that breaks the line, and Bruno Fernandez for some reason when he's playing with Christian Eriksen ups his game as well. I think it's against that type of t- opposition. Yeah. To Man City's not going to play at Copenhagen and sit back. No. No. Do you know what I mean? So I think yes, Christian Eriksen, yes, did rescue that game and has that ball played ball between the lines and has what we needed for that opposition. I don't think he's going to make a difference, much of a difference against Man City. Oh, I disagree with you. If you can keep it He's going tight, from playing like a If you can keep it tight towards... If our forwards have to up their game. game. But yes. he is going from playing Copenhagen's midfield to all of a sudden playing Rodri, Kovacic, Silva. That's a massive upgrade. Christian Eriksen will not survive 10 minutes against that midfield because Kovacic, Silva, they run forwards... They attack and penetrate through midfield and they run with the ball. And you're not just talking about breaking down and intercepting passes here. You are talking about players who are confident to run from their own half to the opposition box with the ball if unopposed. And Ericsson will not oppose them. But so you're going to sacrifice an awful lot in defence against Man City if you bring Ericsson onto that pitch. Yes, I agree. And I concede your point. Right. But the thing is, and I will reiterate my point again, our forward line have to up their game big time. Big time. Marcus fans. Rashford, Rasmus Hoyland given by Anthony played very well tonight. Yeah. But see when we create chances, we have to take our bloody chances. And we're not doing that. No. It's so frustrating to watch. 
very frustrating. Up quality players that you know can do it are not doing it. Rashford showed he could do it. Minus two goal difference. Minus two. Yeah. Is it a disgrace? It is a disgrace. Manchester United, it's despicable. It's unacceptable, Kieran. I think, you know, I think that's what's getting a lot of fans frustrated. Myself and It is frustrating. You know, you want want your strikers to at least be scoring. If you're going to get beat, go down with a fight. Yeah. Get attacking football, try run run your heart out. We're not talking about shooting from any angle. We're talking about... Those chances, the chance that uh, Garnacho had tonight, the chance that Rashford had tonight, that they couldn't control the bloody ball and let it run too far ahead of them. Yeah. That is basic stuff. Yeah. And I think Manchester United are going to struggle in Copenhagen. To bring it back to the Champions League, I think, yes, all other points, to bring it back to the Champions League and their action tonight, Manchester United did not look convincing tonight. The same team, I think, is going to have to face Copenhagen now. When they go to Copenhagen, they're going to struggle. They haven't looked convincing from the start of the season, Rory. We have, we have won games. I think we what one five. And I'm talking about the Premier League now. I think one five lost four. We've never looked convinced. The only time that Man United have looked convincing this season was when they played some of the B team against Crystal Palace in the cup. Yeah. That is the only time that we looked that we played entertaining football and put Mesbury in. Jeez, the, the, that wee lad has so much energy and he's got skill as well. He does. He's a lot of work without end product, but he definitely has something about him. So, who was your hero tonight? Go to Kieran first. Who was your hero? There were two heroes tonight. Only one. I'm only giving you one. You, you Who's your hero? You need a hero. A hero. Oh, yeah, Andre had a brilliant game. Who was your hero? Diogo Dallo. I would concur with that point. I think Diogo Dallo was poor. And I think Diogo Dallo is a highly real footballer where he looks good and you're going to watch clips back and Diogo Dallo will be involved in the attack. Not a lot of substance to the lad over a 90-minute performance. Scott's a bit that way as well. Scott grabs headlines, he gets goals. What you're sacrificing to have that lad on the pitch is oh, just yeah, too much. Do. And he gave up. That was. Yeah. Who was your hero? Who was your zero? Uh, oh, Nana. Zero? Regulon. Yeah, Regulon. I was not impressed with Regulon tonight. No. Well, my hero. People can probably it's guess by now if you've listened to the previous. is Harry Maguire. <laughs> 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 I had a start. I that. really, really like Harry Maguire <laughs> as a person and I do think he has attributes as a footballer. I'm really happy he started. I'm delighted he got the goal. And you know what? I yeah, feel really are. vindicated in my champion of the lad because yeah. he's so he much better than Victor so. Lindelof. <laughs> <laughs> zero. Um, zero would go to... Ah, Dallow as well. I um I think Diogo where I give Sergio Rahulian a bit of a bye ball is that he's a new player coming into the team for the first time hasn't had a lot of game time to set and whatever just, he's just back Dallo has been there years and it's the same shit on repeat he can't defend his positional awareness is shocking he loses himself when he's running back he gets too far forward and then he can't come back and cover his man he's just not a Manchester United standard right back but he'll come up with moments of brilliance when it comes to attacking and that's all people want to remember yeah I mean <laughs> Scott McTominay frustrates the life out of me because Scott McTominay's grabbing headlines and giving himself a reason to be on the pitch at the minute. But as a 90-minute player in Manchester United's team, I just don't see it. But I don't think Scott did too much wrong tonight. So I, 
And also, that wasn't a penalty. Mm. But I, we also need sold. In my very limited yeah. time playing football, if I threw my leg up half mast and a player went down clutching his face, I would turn around and tell him to get the fuck up for a start. But for the referee to dig me out then and give a penalty against me, for what? I think the referee didn't have much of a clue what he was doing. And do you know what really annoyed me about this night? You have four in place now. Far I've looked back at that, seen the eye position of Scott McTommy looking directly at the ball, seeing that the player simulated the touch in the face and still give a penalty. Shall I bring you back to the nanny sentinel? Is this where I'm going to go? Yeah. That was terrible. Oh, oh that was diabolical, that decision. We'll, we'll never forget yeah. that. <laughs> no, I will never forget it. I'll never forget it. <laughs> a match that will remain an infamy for the one time that Danny Welbeck went through and going, I know I regurgitate this every time. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate this. For anybody that doesn't know me, Danny Welbeck and I... <sighs> don't get on. We don't get on. Um, <laughs> he went one-on-one with Manuel Neuer, a six-foot-four goalkeeper best goalkeeper in the world at that stage and instead of just putting it right or left he fucking lobbed him the chip that never was and now you're stood up and caught it and looked at well back like are you, are you, you serious you <laughs> did you actually just try and chip me the audacity the audacity of you and you shine as well but anyway folks um, thanks for listening that has been the reaction to the Champions League game tonight this is something we're going to try and continue going forward um, few swallows reaction after the game just pure analysis sound quality won't be the best probably some background noise but you know what it is what it is hope you all enjoyed the match it's three points on the board Karen Jackling thank you very much bye everyone cheers